Welcome to part one of Health System CIO's interview with Beth Lindsay Wood, VP and CIO at Moffitt Cancer Center. In this segment, she talks about the balance of clinical services and research that distinguishes Moffitt from other cancer organizations, how her team has worked to minimize exposure to COVID while still ensuring patients get the care they need, and the groundbreaking work they're doing to leverage AI to turn unstructured data into actionable information. So first, if you could just give um, a very high-level overview of Moffitt. Yeah, you know, Moffitt's only about 30 years old. So it all started mm -hmm. with H. Lee Moffitt in uh, part of Congress that he put together as a senator, really pushed hard for a, a cancer center in Florida. So that happened, and to his surprise, it was actually named after him. And he still is actively engaged today. But it started out... I remember vaguely when Moffitt was built. Um, it's on the campus of USF, primarily, at least that's where it all started, University of South Florida. But it's grown dramatically. You know, we are the only designated cancer center in Florida. And we have a smaller hospital um, because most of our business, of course, is ambulatory with treatments. Right. But we are building an expansion hospital on another campus and it will be primarily surgical. So that's coming up in the next couple of years. So we're growing and the exciting thing I think about Moffitt is that we are very balanced in terms of our clinical services with our research. And I think that's what makes Moffitt unique, particularly in Florida, but in general, there are some, I think top 10 or so that you look at where you have a heavy research program along with the, with the cancer services. And so a large research team that does a lot of clinical trials, a lot of discovery, a drug discovery, different types of things. We have just started an artificial intelligence group, a new chief AI officer, a new machine learning group in the research area. So from a tech perspective, from my perspective, a lot of very exciting things that we're doing here that you don't typically see in a, a large IDN or a hospital-based system. That's sort of my background. So for me, this is pretty exciting stuff. So again, our growth year over year is dramatic and continues to be so. And so we as an IT organization and, and the rest of the organization just continues to evolve. Again, we have a large physician footprint, very high-end oncology footprint. And then again, the researchers working collaboratively with the doctors on applying the research to the the yeah. cl three clinical trials, et cetera, so. Right, yeah, it seems like you're kind of getting the best of both worlds and having that the clinical aspect and the research. Right, and, and I think that's the difference yeah. because we have those high-end oncologists and that's what we do, right? And that's all we do is to focus on that. We really have that advantage of, we have real world evidence through our patients to look at how different therapies and treatments work and do the research on that along with what evidence outside of our own patients, but applying all that through our clinical trials and care pathways on the patients. So the patients really get the best treatment that they can get and um, right. late stage sort of trials. With COVID, of course, one of the big things for a lot of organizations was the elective surgeries and Really, there's, there's not much that's elective, it would seem, about cancer care, but can you just talk a bit about how 
how your strategy was affected? That's a great question. And you're right, there's a lot of cancer care that just has to continue, right? So you can't stop it. But in some cases where there is an opportunity for elective surgery that can be deferred short term, of course, we, we did look at that. I think for us, the big, and you know, we kind of got a little bit of uh, press on this, is that we rapidly deployed virtual visits. We had virtual visits before, but it's because it's cancer care, it was limited. But within a matter of days, you know, we did a 5,000% increase in visits. We, we really moved to the routine visits for patients where possible to be virtual. Sometimes it was virtual where a patient was at the facility getting treatment but the visit with the, the provider was virtual, you know, depending on where the okay. provider was, right? So there was all kinds mm-hmm. of scenarios that we use, whether it's virtual dietitians or any number of things that we did to try to minimize exposure of our patients and yet make sure that they were getting the treatment that they needed for their cancer care. So we did okay. do and still do a lot of virtual consults and visits with patients, second opinions, all kinds of things that we can. So we continue to use and leverage you know, that unfortunate pandemic to look at new and innovative ways to treat our patients virtually. Mm-hmm. So that was a big deal for us to do that. Yeah. We saw significant uh, patient satisfaction with that. So all the scores were uh, indicative of the fact that the patients were very appreciative of us being careful about exposure for yeah. them and yet making sure that we continue to treat them. So very, very positive experience. We did see, just like everyone, we saw some reduction in visits, but in general, like you said, we need to continue to take care of our patients. So probably it wasn't the same as places that have a lot of primary care or elective surgeries that could be deferred. Right. And dealing with very vulnerable patient population, I can imagine there were measures that had to be taken with clinicians, but did it affect your team at all, or were they pretty much remote? Oh, no. I have teams that are definitely on site. We provide all the support to the clinicians, so as we were transitioning them to a significant virtual, we had a lot of our team there with the doctors and myself rounding. You know, we were doing and continue, obviously, through all of COVID, have a presence on the campus, desktop support, any of that, but clinical support as well. And frankly, research support, because a lot of the research requires them to be in labs with specimens and things where, you know, you cannot do that kind of work from home. So, you know, we had to continue to support the organization. And we did really change the model a little bit. You know, like everybody else, there was a big lift to get everybody that was going home temporarily to go. So that was a big push for for IT to get that going and to get everybody comfortable with Zoom. And even though we already had it, you know, we didn't have nearly as many people using it. And now, you know, we have well over 50% of the organization working from home. So that was a big deal, right? Zoom has become a way of life for us. Yeah. Okay. And in terms of some of the key objectives, um, you know, business as usual, I guess you might yes. say, you, uh, you talked about uh, AI and machine learning. Can you go, go into that a little bit as far as what the organization hopes to do with these groups? Well, shortly after I arrived as an interim, the uh, chief artificial intelligence officer came on board 
And he is working with deep learning against things like, you know, radiology images and different, you know, NLP, looking at how to take a PDF type documents, clinical documents, and pulling out information on that we can use, you know, as it's unstructured text and trying to get structured data out of it so that we can make it actionable. So, you know, when you look at lab results for tissue and histology and things where normally those aren't real discrete data, it's usually in a report, trying to look through those to find information that we can use. Like for us, it's all about clinical trials, right? So you want to make sure that new patients coming in, would they be eligible for a trial? Well, you have to sort through all this paper to figure out what their results were and whether they would be eligible. And this way you could extract that and it would be readily available. And within minutes, you would know that the patient would be eligible or that this would be a trial that might help their cancer. So that kind of work that he's doing on that side, using a BERT, it's called BERT, but it's a deep learning tool. You know, it requires a lot of tech to support uh, high-end technical systems, you know, to support that. Mm-hmm. So we purchased a number of those to help them. They're little in size, but big power to crunch all that data. And then the new department of machine learning, the chair of that group or the leader of that group just started with us. But he, uh, again, we just purchased a large brand new um, system to help him a little bit with. He's one of the things that he's doing just really fascinating is he's really looking at radiation oncology and, and looking at radiation and uh, looking at different types of cancer and looking at how we can minimize exposure because it can be toxic if you're not careful, right? And looking at how to minimize the amount of um, radiation that you need as a patient, running a bunch of algorithms to, to look at that kind of stuff. So again, most of their work is really focused on advancing cancer care, obviously, but looking at different ways to use technology to speed up cures get us to cures and um, actually prevent cancer altogether. So they're using this high-end tech to try to to look at different ways to do that. Right. Okay. I I had seen a little bit on the site about the digital transformation at Moffitt, and obviously this is such a big topic and a big goal, but can you you talk about really what the strategy is to, uh, you know, to really be able to move forward with leveraging some of these digital tools? Yeah, so we have a strategic plan called Impact 2028. It was a 10-year plan, so they developed it in 2018. It really has three major pillars. One is around precision medicine and personalizing medicine to make sure that you're targeting the uniquenesses of each patient environmentally, whatever it might be, along with the type of cancer they have, and what would be the best treatment, not cookie cutter, but what's the best treatment yeah. target treatment for each patient. So there's sort of this personalized medicine component. It's also about delivering a great patient experience, all of those things around our care delivery model. And then the next piece is more around growth. So again, expanding our reach across Florida in different ways through partnerships or different development of our pathway and different things that we can offer to other partners. So a lot of work going on on the growth side. The third piece, which is interesting, is what we call the digital care and discovery accelerator, which is really the digital component. And it's twofold. I think one is looking at digital 
in terms of our digital front door and how we interact with consumers and patients, but also how we look at digitizing our business, you know, looking at robotic process automation and business automation workflows, all kinds of things inside to leverage technology to be efficient and effective. And again, supporting our providers that are and our researchers. So finding different ways to use digital tools. We have our main big systems like everybody does, but how do you link it all together in a way that makes it efficient and effective? And the other side of that is to look at specifically around the discovery accelerator, which is similar to what we talked about with some of the AI and ML, but also looking at, we have a strategy that we're implementing as we speak around high-end analytics in the cloud and moving a lot of our data in a way that gives us a lot of capability and flexibility with tools and you know some of the offerings of these cloud vendors to really accelerate discovery of, of cures, looking at clinical trial matching in a virtual way. So a lot of work going on right now on the discovery side to try to accelerate. It's all about speed, right? So for cancer, yeah. we want to we get to something as quickly as we can. So just creating these environments that are going to help to, to accelerate the discovery side. So it crosses over, you know, it supports the other pillars in terms of growth and, and precision medicine, but it in and of itself is a strategy around digital, you know, internally and externally and different ways to what does virtual cancer care look like in the future, so. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.